Cannabis Life Radio. My name is Nasserel Mula. I am alongside Cheryl Murray Powell. She's calling in, uh, and our and our other co-host Arby Barroso, unfortunately, is not feeling well. He's not going to be with us today. We've got a jam-packed show, though. We're talking about Florida marijuana growing licenses. We've got an in-studio guest, Dr. Barry Gordon, that's with us, and he's going to be teaching everyone uh, about a lot of everything cannabis. Everything cannabis. Dr. Barry Gordon's with us, and uh, we're going to be discussing the problems and issues with the Office of Medical Marijuana Use. Uh, Cannabis Life Radio. Cheryl, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Are you with us? Cheryl Murray Powell. Hi. Hey, Cheryl. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I happen to be on Say it again, Cheryl. We're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I said I happen to be on the road right now. Are we on? Yes, we are on. We are live. Cheryl. Oh, fantastic. Hello to our Cannabis Live audience. We missed you. We took last week off um, because of the Easter holiday, Passover holiday. So we want to say happy Easter to everyone. I hope you enjoyed your Easter egg hunt. And happy Passover to those who celebrate Passover I hope you enjoyed this time focused on your family and, and uh, new priorities. So I love it. I love when these um, holidays happen and we get to enjoy our families. And unfortunately, we let our team take a break from Cannabis Life Radio so they can do the same. Cheryl, our viewers are already asking, where's Cheryl Murray Powell at right now? What's Cheryl up to? Oh, where am I? Well, I woke up this morning in Washington, D.C. It is one of my favorite cities. Um, I think eventually I will uh, have a stint here. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I, I, I've lived all over, uh, including Europe, um, because I just have to move around. But D.C. is, is like an important place for me, one, because of the lobbying um, that we do. Arby and I uh, happened to come to D.C. last, I think it was December, like I almost want to say it was December 3rd, uh, that we were in uh, in D.C. with the Minority, Minority Cannabis Business Association, and we lobbied on the Capitol. Um, that's one of the passion points for, for Green Roads overall and RB and I specifically, uh, minorities for medical marijuana as well. So um, I love the fact that you can come to the capital of the country and actually meet with your legislators, the people who are supposed to be uh, representing you and your interests. There's so much exciting stuff going on on the marijuana side is as well as the hemp side so one bill that we've been following is the house bill 3530 and that's a a hemp bill it's being proposed for legalization of hemp um and it's gotten quite a bit of traction so the industry's kind of been watching that the whole um session and um on the can on the medical marijuana side you know, I, you know, I, I've mentioned it a few times, but um, the Cory Booker um, Marijuana Justice Act, and it's also been introduced on the House side by um, Barbara Lee. Um, so it's on the House side, on the Senate side, and that that would, um, you know, legalize, decriminalize marijuana, um, and even allow people who are serving sentences. Uh, disproportionate sentences because of nonviolent uh, cannabis crimes to be released from prison. So, you know, that work is very important uh, to us because, you know, we know that our listeners, the people, a lot of people in the industries 
in the industry can't afford to travel to D.C. or they don't have the time because of their family commitments and things like that. So we, we take it as our responsibility to, to come out and do some lobbying. Um, <clears throat> I was here a few weeks ago, uh, about three weeks ago, and I'm, I'm here again today. And I'm, I'm mostly – I wasn't on the Hill this, this past visit but uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting things happening in D.C. They have an emerging uh, recreational market, which is uh, very distinct and different, where it's kind of like a gifting program. And then they have these sessions that happen all over the country, all over all over the city. So, so D.C. Um, so so is recreational um, right now, Cheryl. It is, but it's it's a pro- it's a, a work in progress. It's not like recreational like typical markets it's kind of like a gifting scenario where they're you know they're figuring it out um but it does give access to individuals whether they're patients or not so uh, we we always want to support those those efforts there are medical dispensaries that are phenomenal um friend to our show shonda masias who uh recently has become the uh president of Women Grow, uh, she has a um, dispensary in DuPont Circle that's doing really well. It's the number one volume um, dispensary in the D.C. area. Um, I see her at conferences all the time. She was lobbying right with us on the Hill. Um, so she's a friend, and she's a friend to the show. So just seeing the the emergence of this type of, you know, small business activity, um, it, it really fuels our, our desire to push, 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 push. And then there are a number of projects. Uh, you know, I have a business partner. Uh, I recently, I, not many people know this, um, but, you know, I recently got involved with, um, you know, an organization that has a medical uh, cannabinoid research and policy institute. So it's really about the lobbying piece on, on one end um, and the advocacy and also really creating high uh, research-intensive projects across the country, and and that's definitely a passion project for me. And um, you know, also you know, had to engage Roz, and we're looking for other partners as well. So that's why I travel to D.C. so frequently because one of my partners is in D.C., the other one of my partners is in Jamaica, and um, we're trying to make things happen and and kind of you know, I guess legitimize the industry. So making sure that. Um, you know, when, when we go to these, uh, Arby always talks about when he went to, um, one of the, uh, we went to a forum, um, Nova Southeastern University where they were talking about the opiate epidemic and things like that. And, you know, we raised the concern about, Hey, have you thought about cannabis? Like, uh, it is a solution. And then what were the solutions they were giving that weren't cannabis? That weren't cannabis? Oh, oh, uh, limiting people to, uh, what, three-day supply um, of opiates. It was, a lot of it was opiate-centric, but, like, restricting the access to opiate, which they have their place. But our, our suggestion is start with, you know, the alternative natural solution, and then, of course, opiates have their place. But don't start with opiates, and then if that doesn't work, which, you know, a lot of, you know, my friends who have, you know, as we're all aging, they're having these ailments. And then they're like, hey, I just got my medical card, Cheryl, uh, because the doctor said nothing else worked. Well, why did you go through like five years of pain and suffering before <laughs> cannabis was even raised as, as a potential issue? Granted, you know, we're still, you know, early in our legalization. But, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm glad to see that on shows like Grey's Anatomy, you know, they're presenting CBD as an option. 
medical marijuana as an option. And, and that's why we do the work that we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited about today's episode because we've got, again, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, we've got Dr. Barry Gordon with us, and uh, he knows a lot about cannabis. He deals with patients that are using it every single day that he's prescribing to them, and uh, and it's working, and it's working. And so uh, we're going to be hearing from Dr. Barry Gordon here from in, in a little bit. Cheryl, what's happening? Yeah. What, what's what's been happening this week? I saw I saw a couple things happening this week. For example, yeah. I saw uh, I saw Truly filing a lawsuit against the state of Florida yes, this week. Yes, yes. You didn't have to I, see I, that, did you? I love, I love Kim Rivers from uh, Truly. I love her. She is always pushing the envelope in a responsible way. So, yeah, Truly um, has filed a lawsuit. Um, they they want to make sure that uh, their, their rights aren't restricted as far as their ability to give patients access, and I, I stand behind them. Gotcha. And for our viewers that don't know about True Leaf, True Leaf is a, is a medical dispensary here in Florida. They have several locations, and they're filing a lawsuit against the state of Florida because the state of Florida is putting uh, restrictions on how many dispensaries are allowed in the state. And so we're going to be di diving into that a little bit deeper today. Uh, for our viewers, if you want to know, in the state of Florida, the requirements for owning a, you know, a medical dispensary, uh, we're going to be breaking down those, those requirements. If you are a physician and you're looking to start prescribing medical marijuana, we've got one of the best ones with us here today, Dr. Barry Gordon. Oh, he's awesome. so we're going to be digging deeper into that today. We're going to be digging deeper that today. Cheryl, uh, yeah. you know, tell us, tell us, what else is happening in the cannabis space this week? Sure. Well, no, I, I'm just really one comment on the truly lawsuit as far as the 25. You know, the uh, I'll share like both sides of the conversation. So, why 25? So there's a so controversial in, in the last session, not this past session, but uh, the uh, 2017 uh, session, because some people thought, well, you know, if you have unlimited amount of dispensaries for a small number of license holders, you don't get the variety. You don't get, um, you know, the valuations on getting into the industry are sky high. At some point, you know, a Florida license was valued at $100 million. You know, so that's one argument, and I'm not saying one one argument is over, is superior to the other. And then the other argument is, well, um, truly, it's like we have a we have a good, good amount of the market share anyway. Ways we um, have products that work. Uh, we stand behind our product, and we want to get it to as many patients in as many areas as possible. Whether it's a rural Florida community, um, you know, that isn't as appealing. Uh, if you if you have to pick and choose just 25 locations. So, you know, there, there are merits on both sides of the argument. Um, you know, the court will decide uh, what the direction is. So uh, it will be interesting. Uh, you know, thank you for truly, we mentioned truly um, came out with a, a, a flower vape solution for, for patients. So that's that's pretty exciting as well. And but so uh, you're, so you oh. said, wait, you, so you said that True Leaf, one of the dispensaries, they're now coming out with a with a flower, with a flower, not just not just cartridges. They're coming out with a flower already. Oh, it's a flower vape cartridge, though. It's a, a vapeable flower product. Huge. That's huge. True right flower. There. I think it's called True Flower, actually. True, True flower, flower pods. I went. Someone will correct me in the chat because I know there there are actually um, patients who who've been purchasing and and I've seen good reviews of it. So, and uh, I'm I'm on the Truly like text message um, 
uh, update. So I got a text message when they launched it, and uh, and that's been really really helpful. I think that uh, I think again I've got I've got an ex I've got an expert witness as Cheryl would call it in the courtroom. Uh, I've got an expert witness that may be able to even di- dive deeper into True Leaf's new flower uh, on today's episode on today's episode. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl, and I want to talk about Dr. Barry before he gets on. I love Dr. Barry. Dr. Barry has always been at the forefront of uh, the legalization efforts in Florida. If you get an opportunity, I don't know how he sees all the patients he sees um, without going 24 hours a day, but he's a great physician. He is in Tallahassee championing. He is at you know, I remember when we were trying to get them to the legislators to have a special session and there was like a little rally in Orlando outside of the Department of Health. He was right there and his wife is right there. So they and not only is he treating patients, he's in the trenches as an advocate. And that's why I always love when I, you know, when I see him and we always we try to take a selfie together. He's great. Like, please like his page and and become his friend on Facebook because he has selfies with the like the whole Florida cannabis advocacy community and important uh, politicians. Um, you know he listens to our show every week, and you know you can't you can't buy that type of support. And it, everything he he does is with a tremendous amount of sincerity. Um, so uh, you know if we're talking about something on Cannabis Life Radio, it's so helpful that um, Dr. Barry Gordon is in the chat responding immediately, clarifying things for us right there in the chat with all of our listeners from around the world. So I want to thank him for that. I'm really looking forward to hearing more insights from him um, as the show continues, especially about this article that I read on Facebook, because, you know, that's my new source of choice. And (laughs) it got me so excited. It said that cannabis users are... Are, um, they have uh, smaller waistlines. Uh, cannabis users are less likely to have diabetes and obesity issues. Mm. So as um, someone who's constantly battling, uh, uh, going through the Battle of the Bulge, I was super excited. I had to highlight, I shared that article. I want to make sure that everybody is aware uh, because that, that gives me hope as far as getting that slim waistline, uh, as I like to call it, getting fined for the summertime. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> so we, 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 we might have to um, get some uh, cannabis activity going so that as a part of my weight loss regimen. So I want to, I want to hear from Dr. Barry as far as, is that super legit or was it just a feel good for Cheryl? You know what? You know what? I don't know. I'm not sure of it either. I've heard a couple of it. I did read the article that you shared. So I've got to find out from the man himself, which he's in studio with us right now. So when we return cannabis life radio, stay tuned. We've got a jam packed show. We're going to be talking about Florida marijuana growing license. We are going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be talking with Dr. Barry Gordon, all things cannabis. We're going to be learning exactly the ins and outs of uh, being, a, being a doctor that's prescribing medical marijuana. And we'll be having a $500 CBD giveaway at the end of our show. So please stay tuned. We're going to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we've got Dr. Barry Gordon. Stay tuned, Cannabis Life Radio. We'll be right back.
one trillion dollars of taxpayers' money disappear every year. 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 Life Radio. My name's Nasarel Mula. This broadcast is brought to you by Green Roads World. And we don't have Cheryl with us right now. She just called in. We didn't we don't have Arby. He's not feeling well, so please send his his your regards on Facebook. But but we do have an in-studio guest. His name is Dr. Barry Gordon. He knows everything and all things cannabis. And we're gonna be discussing Florida marijuana growing license. We're gonna be discussing the politics in cannabis right now in the state of Florida. We're going to be discussing a bunch. And then after that, we're even going to have a $500 CBD giveaway. But right now, Dr. Barry Gordon has joined us in studio. Doc, how's it going today? Great, Nasser. You know, i got to be honest with you. I'm glad we had a little break. I had to get rid of the blush from Cheryl saying really such, you know, wonderful things about me. And, you know, I want to back up a touch. I want to give a shout-out to those that were um, actually doing this space long before I you know, and that's the, you know, the Jody James of the world and, 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 and of course, Cheryl herself, the Michael Minardis, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss Karen Sieb Goldstein, you know, all, all those warriors that have been out there really blazing the trail from the doctor's side, the Joe Rosados, you know, the world people Absolutely. that really have been, you know, out there doing their There's thing. There's some really good advocates, and we're really thankful to have you on our show as an advocate, not only to cannabis, to Cannabis Life Radio, and for the patients of Florida, the patients of the world that need cannabis. Doc, tell us a little bit about the the Compassionate Cannabis Clinic and what you're doing right now. Yeah, well, thanks, Nasser. You know, right. You know, I'm an, I'm an ER doctor by training. I did it for 32 years all up in Ohio. And, uh, of course, saw Big Pharma, you know, take their impact from all the different angles. And, and you know, I've had a first, you know, um, frontline view as narcotic overdose, of course, has reached the epidemic proportions that it has in the country. You know, it wasn't always that way either. There were a number of years in my ER career that we literally went months without seeing a narcotic overdose in the ER, and we can get into the history of that. But my point is, I come from that background, not so much of a naturist or a holistic background. Just but a, a physician, a physician. Just a physician who's been working for a number of years, and, and in my 32 years in the emergency medicine business, never having seen three things. First thing was I never saw anybody who, of course, needed to be resuscitated from a cannabis overdose. Not once, not ever, not never. The last 13 years of my career was spent in Alliance, Ohio, right across from a college named Mount Union College. And weekly, every weekend, of course, we would have an alcohol problem from the college, but mm -hmm. never in my 13 years was there ever a cannabis-related problem. So just from the social impact side, we, we didn't see it. The second thing, of course, and this is honest truth, I never saw a wife beaten up by her husband after they had just smoked a joint together. Of course, there always had to be alcohol involved, alcohol-fueled. You know, it's just a different type of thing. But most importantly, and I like to tell my patients this, I never lost a friend or a physician partner to cannabis. I'd lost them to alcohol, to drugs. You could be sexually addicted. Um, you could be gambling addicted mm -hmm. to any number of things, but nobody solely goes down over cannabis. Now that doesn't mean it can't be abused and you surely don't want your high schooler doing, you know, eight bong rips before going to high school. I mean, that's <laughs> obvious, but in the adult use population, it's clearly nev never been the big social consequence. So, you know, when the constitutional amendment passed back on November 8th of 2016, mm -hmm. my, uh, 
partner, Pat DeLuca, and I got together, and we decided it was something that we had to do. So literally from November 8th to January 3rd of 2017, when we opened, was our only planning phase towards getting involved in medical cannabis. I, I literally started from ground zero. And, and like all doctors, Nasser, and this is the important thing, I don't get mad at doctors that haven't quite yet bought into medical cannabis because we just aren't taught it in medical school. There has been the federal pro- prohibition for years, and, and they're darn good at what they do. I was going to bring it up, actually. You know, we've been talking about that, that the physicians that I've gotten the opportunity to speak with They've never even heard of the endocannabinoid system. They don't. I don't blame them for it. They need to be taught just like everybody else. But the point is, I also didn't know anything about it. So Mm -hmm. quite frankly, when I opened up my clinic on January 3rd, I took the entire first year as what I view as a residency in another specialty of medicine. You know, I had 32 years in the emergency medicine practice. And when I retired, I was ER doctor emeritus. I literally had a student every day. But I knew getting involved in the medical cannabis um, space. I knew nothing. So I really tried to keep my eyes and my ears open, go to the various conferences, talk to the people who have been doing it longer than I. And that um, was the best way for you to educate everything. I think it's the only way that you can do it. Conferences and other people that are already involved in the, in the space. So Indeed. that's exactly what Dr. Barry Gordon did and learned everything about cannabis. Well, hey, have I learned everything about con- cannabis? Not, not yet, nearly. Not yet, but a lot, my point but a is lot. I did become, you know, I, I went as it is classic as we say in medicine. It's, it's a C1. It's a learn one, C1. See one, do one, teach one um, is what goes on in medicine. So literally in that first year of being a resident, I gained all the knowledge that I could. Now I feel very comfortable in going out and teaching other physicians. And we do. We have physicians actually come into my practice in Venice. We've had, uh, I think, 15 up, up to this point that have literally followed me for a day, see how we do, what we do, the patients that we see. It's a very fascinating day. My uh, question is, what are doctors uh, what, what are doctors not having an understanding? Like when you meet these doctors and they may not have all the experience in cannabis yet, they haven't learned a lot, they haven't been to the conferences, what is their biggest misconception right now when you're meeting these doctors? You know, it's interesting. Do- doctors want certain things. Doctors want to control pretty much the process of their patients. So what we find that's different in cannabis is that because of the unique safety ratio of cannabis, nobody's ever died from an overdose of cannabis like we already discussed. I like to laugh with my patients about it. The only way you die from cannabis is if you're smuggling it out of Vietnam, for example, and it falls out of the head, out of the plane, hits you in the head and breaks your neck. Okay. Other than that, you, 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 you can't die from it. So we have the safety ratio that's infinite. So we like to give our patients control with education of the unique CBD and THC ratio that you can um, obtain by using medicinal cannabis. And, you know, really, Nasser, that's one of the most unique things that we love to talk to our patients about. And what you need to understand is that, and it's interesting, our patients come in three types, those that have never, ever, ever used cannabis in their life. They can be young, they can be old, they can be rich, they can be poor, they can be from any walk of life. But that's a full 30 3% at least of the new patients that we're seeing in my office every day have never seen cannabis, used cannabis, not weed, not dope, not pot, not known anybody who's ever done it. And it's a very unique experience for them to come into the office because they're deathly afraid of it. Yeah. Right. So many of them, believe it or not, have started on a CBD product, both quality CBD products like Green Roads. And I want to give a good shout out to Green Roads as one of those quality CBD products. And many patients come in and they are achieving some degree of relief, which is great. So I love to tell them that, hey, if they're getting great relief from the CBDs alone, 
then a CBD augmentation with the entourage effect, of course, theoretically should help them a lot. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, on the other side, Nasser is the 70 to 75-year-old, for example, Vietnam vet guy who will be out there is for the years. Is type of person? So the first no. type of person first is... type of person's never used it in his never life. They've never used it. They've never, they've never seen right. it, smoked it, any of it. We call them doobie ones because doobie I one. ask them literally if they know what a doobie is. You ever seen one, rolled one, smoked one? When they get wide-eyed and they say, well, I've heard of the doobie brothers. They're a band <laughs> from the 80s. Then I know. And then you know what I do? I back up, actually, because doobie's kind of a slang term right so a joint everybody knows what that is right most no they do not no uh, eh, no no maybe they'll say yeah i got an elbow (laughs) i got an elbow i got a knee and i've heard of the joint chiefs of staff okay so (laughs) they are two doobie ones so it is it's fascinating and that is that's a full 33 percent now the doobie two we'll get to the guy i was talking about the 75 year old vietnam vet he would be the doobie three or the doobie four now a doobie two would be those that have used it in the past but have stopped okay and in florida we got a ton of them they're your right. 50, 60 year old, you know, um, patient who has used cannabis for years. But, you know, then you stop for a lot of reasons. That could be because you moved to Florida. Right. And mm. then you don't have another guy. And I like to relate to my patients. If, if you've bought your cannabis from somebody in your hometown for On years, the black market, a friend, you know, it's funny, too, because the impression of, of, of the legislature is interesting because they still think the people when they buy it from the black market, so to speak, are going on the street corner and facing a, a guy that uh, may have a knife a, or something a, a coming at you. Exchange of some cannabis in, of an ounce. Exactly. And in, it's not that at all. It, in general, it's from a friend, somebody that you've known for years. And, you know, you don't go down to the, you know, to the hood, so to speak, to buy another bag no, of weed when you move to a new town. So the point is, when you move to Florida and you're from Ohio, for example, and you've gotten it for years from a certain source. From that one friend every single from week. From that one friend. Every time you see Boy, him. every week. Well, that would be a heavy <laughs> okay, user. Every other week, don't, every... don't, 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 don't pull yourself out. I'm teasing you. No, listen, but you do. You have a source. But then you move away and you don't have it. But more likely, it's you use it in high school or college. You stop because job kids you marry somebody that doesn't want you to do it anymore you just don't enjoy it anymore you know you just grow up for whatever reason you stop but the doobie two knows that in fact your brain didn't fry up like the egg in the pan right Mm -hmm. and the doobie two also all doobie twos know a doobie three now, who's uh, a doobie three? Don't tell me yet, though. By the way, I want to know from our audience, from our audience. I, by the way, I see everyone's questions. Ronald Frazier, thank you so Love much it. for always attending our show. Felicia Miller, we see you. I'm looking at all these comments. Anyone that has a direct question for, uh, for Dr. Gordon, please put them in the comments. Near the end of the show, I'll try to do my best to ask as many questions as possible. But I want to know right now in the comments, who is a doobie two? Who in the comments is a doobie two? Right. You've smoked it before. You know what it is. You've, you, you've, you've been around it, but you're not doing it anymore. Maybe you did it in uh in college in your college days and right. you're not doing it anymore the doobie twos i want to see who's a doobie two in here alana are you a doobie two bunches uh, of them and the doobie twos are interesting too nasser for the couple reasons like i mentioned one was that every doobie two knows a doobie three so every doobie two knows a high school friend a college friend a relative you know that still is doing cannabis and they go to work every day they pay their bills they raise their kids they're wonderful human beings yep. right and unless they run in the way of law enforcement, they tend to continue to be wonderful human beings. People yep. don't go down the drain over cannabis, right? Different than alcohol, different than opiates, things like that. They're and using the, it for probably personal use, it sounds like. Do, do, the doobie twos are just, you know, every day. Every well, day well the, no, that's a doobie three. Ah. Now, the doobie two, you got to remember, they stopped. But there's funny doobie twos. So doobie two also can be the guy that stopped because his wife asked him to stop. But then when he plays golf with his buddies on Sundays. Ah, uh, wife okay, doesn't know. His wife, well, why would she know? There's no reason for her to know because he only does 
doesn't on Sunday mornings with his buddies, and you know he catches the best buzz of anybody because the rest of the guys are doing it during the week. The rest of them are and, sound like Doobie Threes. Well, they got more. They're Doobie Threes anyway. So the Doobie Three could be living on Casey Key though, Nasser, which is our West Coast. You know that, or you know in Biscayne Bay, you know wherever what's beautiful down here in Miami, your highest level, and they could employ a thousand people. The Doobie Three, right? Because they'd rather have a joint in their hand at seven thirty when the sun goes down, right? Than a bottle of scotch or booze, mm-hmm. right? But in Florida, of course, that's illegal because their neighbor a couple doors down can call the sheriff and say, hey, Joe's smoking a joint. So you can be a millionaire, right, and be a Doobie 3 and still be taken down in this state. So yep. it's very interesting because, you know, it's Florida. So Doobie 3s can be very, very successful. Now, the difference with the Doobie 1 and the Doobie 2 is the Doobie 1 has no knowledge of the Doobie 3 because the, the Doobie 1, Nancy Reagan just say no, yep. that can't be. So you got to be sitting on the couch all day eating chips and, and ice cream and watching Jerry Springer with, you know, Steve on the side, you know, and not out there succeeding and employing 500 people, yeah. right? Now, Willie Nelson would be the doobie four. He's 85 years old, and he's literally been waking and baking for 65 years, right? And he's doing pretty well. Listen, as Willie himself says, if he drank as much as he smoked, then he wouldn't have survived to be 85 years old. It doesn't work that way. So cannabis, be the homeostatic type of endocannabinoid system balancer that it is versus alcohol, opiates, things of that nature. Now, I'm not advocating Willie Nelson's lifestyle necessarily, but the point is to the Doobie One, it's a fascinating thing when I say to them that why you're here today is for me to make you a functional Doobie Three, ah, right? And by the way, for our viewers who just joined us, we're with Dr. Barry Gordon. Dr. Barry Gordon, and he is a member of the cannabis. Uh, it's a compassionate cannabis, cannabis clinic. clinic in Venice, Florida. You know, it's and funny. A clinic you started. It is, and you know, we only have one site. And people ask me that all the time. You know, when are you going to expand? What are you going to do? And I want to get back to what we were talking about, too, Nancy, because I want to wrap it no, up. I know, I do. Because it's so interesting. But the point is, is that we have such a volume of patients right now. Our goal originally was to establish an educational center, and we like to laugh about it. I'm from Ohio, of course. We want we like to call it the Cleveland Clinic of Cannabis, right? Okay. So we wanted to establish an educational center in Venice where we knew that we could solidify what we needed to know before we really took it out in a more expansive type of way. So that's the phase we're in right now is really growing the practice, learning the practice, um, taking care of the patients. But the very exciting thing is I want to go back to it. So people say, how can you have all these doobie ones walking in the door, right? They've never used cannabis. They're deathly afraid of it, right? Many of them have already used the CBDs. It's funny, too, about the CBDs. So I want to go back to the quality Green Road CBDs because I do. I want to give a great shout out. Hey, Arby, feel better, please. You know, and anything you need. Thank you for that, Dr. Barry. Thank you for the shout out. Oh, good. Oh, good. Hi, Cheryl. Cheryl, there you are. Nasser, you were just rocking. I loved your questions. I was just like, let let him do his thing because I was learning. Hey, Cheryl, listen, and I want to give a great shout out to the quality CBD companies out there, and I do because... The point is when patients come in and they're using a quality CBD company, my, what point I was going to make is I had a gal um, last week that said, oh, yeah, I got my CBD. I got it by the flea market. And I said, well, you know, kind of good luck with that. You know, Yikes. do a little research. Right. Do a little research first. You know, find a good quality CBD corner. company. That's the street corner handoff. That right is there, the street baby. corner handoff <laughs> in the CBD world. But when it comes to good quality CBDs, my point is, is that it's the augmentation of the entourage effect that is really quite unique. But many of my patients of Doobie One, right, that are coming in using CBDs already because families have encouraged them. Doctor's offices, of course, a lot of doctor's offices have CBD products now. They haven't crossed over yet into being full-blown medical cannabis practitioners, 
but because of very many excellent reps, and I know Green Road, you know, Green Roads has them, mm-hmm. you know, going out to doctor's offices and getting doctors starting in the process of learning about the endocannabinoid system. So that's why, to me, I like to play in everybody's sandbox because I think there's room for all of us in the education about what cannabinoids can do. Yeah. But getting back to the Doobie One, the, the interesting thing about why we're seeing so many of them is that their doctors are sending them in now. A year ago, and Cheryl, this is a big point, and I'm glad you're still on. Other Other physicians are sending them in now. So, by the way, viewers, Doobie 1, Dr. Barry Gordon is explaining the types of patients that he sees. Usually there's a Doobie 1 that's coming in that has no idea about cannabis. Never never seen it. it, Never heard it. Never seen it. Never smelled it. And they still don't want the THC. They're still afraid of the THC. getting high. They are. And and, and in fact. That's the Doobie 1. And Doobie 2 is the person that has tried it before, not really using it anymore. That's right. And they're trying to find out more answers. And then the Doobie 3 is maybe using or medicating with cannabis on their everyday lifestyle or every, you know, however often. That's right. Well, I like to say 10 minutes, 10 days ago, 10 months, you know, whatever it may be, but sure. Okay. They're much more comfortable with cannabis, you know. And, and But it's interesting, see, because the Doobie 2 will do different things also. When they go to Colorado or Nevada, for example, they'll wander into a dispensary now because it's it's legal out there. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember a lot of the Doobie 2s stop because of the legalities of it, right? But when they go to a legal state, and Cheryl, you know this because I know you've been out oh, to yeah. Vegas, so it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. And I always, I, I, I always give full disclosure on the show. I, was, I pretty much don't use cannabis unless I'm in a legal market. But again, I'm in DC today. I'm in Vegas all the time, Colorado and California. And those are the, the states where I, I get involved with the recreational market. So, That's right. So we'll um, have patients coming back from vacations that will have used it on mm-hmm. vacation. I mean, I like to tell a story of, of a deacon of the church guy who has never used cannabis in his life but and definitely afraid of it. But he went out to Denver, and a friend of his convinced him to walk into the dispensary with him. The bud tender behind the counter talked to the guy. Listen, Cheryl, you'll love his story. So the bud tender behind the counter talked to the guy for literally 45 minutes about his back and about this strain and that strain and what can do. The guy sitting in my chair, and I guess that gives up the end of the story, but he tells me that I haven't had anybody talk to me about my back for 45 minutes in the last 20 years combined okay since the surgeon did the surgery he comes in he writes the percocet prescription and he's out of the room the guy was so impressed by the bud tender he ended up buying four gummy bears okay by the end of the week he's taken half his percocet he's off his flexoril and this is the funniest part of the story he goes yeah doc i saved half of the gummy bear because those seats those frontier seats they don't go back so i i knew i need half on the way back So literally, he gets off the plane in Tampa, and his wife picks him up from the airport. He was so ashamed to even tell his wife what he had done. He goes, yeah, Doc, it took me halfway across the Skyway Bridge for it. I could even tell her what I had done. She already knew because she knew that there was something different about the guy, right? She could tell just during the week. So anyway, two days later, they're sitting in my chairs. You know, um, in my office, they can't, of course, because he felt so much better. And she was so thrilled that he was taking less narcotics. Listen, yes, sir, we haven't even started on the basic topic I that I know people want to talk about today is what's going on in the clinic. And I hope everybody stays with us because they're going to be fascinated to know the results that we're seeing in the clinic. And and that's why when I have an opportunity to have an audience of any type, be it two people or 200 people or 2000 people, what I want people to know right now is as a classical American. American trained physician who did trenches of conventional healthcare my entire life. This is a fascinating, fascinating world of medical cannabis, and it's so exciting for me to bring that out, not just to your viewers and listeners, 
but to medical conferences and conventions. Cheryl, I was asked to speak at the American Academy of Aging conference in um, oh, in Orlando. I know in Orlando on August. Uh, when is that? When is that? August twenty fifth. It's a Thursday in, in Orlando. Uh, Dr. David Bierman actually is coming in from California as one of the other speakers in the um, in the cannabis arm of it. So I, I never met him, and I'm I'm very excited to do so. But well, um, if there's opportunity for us to provide coverage of that, we would love to take part. Um, in addition, we're going to be at the Cannabis World Congress um, uh, that's happening in, in New York City. So um, for sure. I, I'm sure you're going to be in attendance there. It's one of the largest conferences. So we'd love to have you at our booth, our Cannabis Life, Life Radio booth. It's May 31st, June 2nd. And uh, we'd like to give you like a 30 minutes where people can come to our booth and and meet you and um, kind of ask questions. Wow, hey, it's, it's hard to turn that one down, Cheryl. That's for sure. And I want to mention the AMPA. I want to mention the AMPA conference, of course, as well, which is May 18th, which is going to be in Miami. That's the uh, NFL and CTE conference that was canceled after Jeff Sessions, you know, reared his head back in fe- uh, February or something. So, Doc, you've been seeing these three. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to bring us back to the doobie patients. Yep. You've, you've been seeing these three different types of patients. How are you giving them the advice that they need about cannabis? Sure. Can I, well, can I, wait, before you go there, um, Nasser, can, can we take it one step back? And can you, um, can you walk a patient through the process from them identifying they have a chronic condition, whether it's from a physician or on their own, to f- figuring out how to find a doctor sure. on the registry, including yourself, to what their first patient visit will look like? Sure. Yeah. And advice that's given at that point. To what a recommendation looks like as far as do you tell them how much to take, how often, uh, to when do they need to see you again. So walk a patient through the entire process from I have something wrong with me, I think cannabis can help. How do I find a physician? How, what, how do I prepare for my first visit? And, and walk them through that process. Also, I know disclosures are important in this process. Um, you know, the patients need to be aware they can't share their cannabis with others and, and things like that. So yeah, that would be the, that would be the no, pu- right. That would be the no puff. Thing. That would be the no puff, puff pass uh, rule, Cheryl. Right. No, yes. yeah. no puff, puff pass so, in Florida. Right. No, so I- let's, let's educate our, our listeners from the for a Florida market. You have a chronic condition. This is what your experience is going to look like all the way to paying your $75, getting your card, going to the dispensary and, and, and choosing a dispensary because I know you physicians can't show a preference to one over the other. So let's walk through that and prepare people so we can get some um, access for these patients. Great. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm going to take about 10. No, I'm teasing. I can say I could ramble for about 10 minutes right now, Nasser. But here's the key point that everybody needs to know. If you feel that you're going to qualify for the medical cannabis program, quite frankly, Find yourself a doctor that is going to listen to you and advocate for you in the appropriate manner. And that's the first point. People don't really know that the program is there for them. And I like to tell people, and, you know, Cheryl, it is one of the things that I I think I, I called in one time and talked about this specifically. It's the advocacy of the physician that you see right now that is paramount towards getting into the program if you don't have one of the 11 enumerated conditions right so if you have ms if you have parkinson's if god forbid you're dying of cancer you have hiv aids you have glaucoma you know there and everybody knows the 11 i could go through the rest of them and, and and maybe people don't seizure disorder of course now chronic pain 
needs special mention. Chronic pain is not covered, quite frankly, unless the chronic pain is caused by one of the other enumerated conditions. And Cheryl, you're the lawyer. You know, Senator Senator Bradley, of course, in the first session last year in 2016, in the first uh, Senate session, always never came off of that, that his definition of chronic non-malignant pain was always going to be one of the other debilitating conditions has had to have had caused it, right? Right. Which was always a terrible, horrible definition because, frankly, um, it just doesn't make any sense. So, for example, if you had three failed back fusions, but it wasn't from a cancer surgery, if you had phantom pain, okay, from your arm being cut off at the elbow or the knee, you could have a diabetic neuropathy or a neuropathy caused by Agent Orange being dunked on your head, as a 75-year-old Vietnam veteran told me, okay? But those things weren't covered under chronic pain. So, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and, and, and some of the thinking was it was left there by the pain management physicians so that they would continue to have control over chronic pain. They want people to continue to come into their offices and, you know, getting the narcotic pain medication that they prescribe literally on a monthly basis, you know. So there's a lot of reasons. But anyway, to make a long story short, the best news is, is that um, the catchphrase of similar, likewise debilitating conditions of the same kind or class or as comparable right, to those 11 conditions was written into the constitutional amendment and now the state law, right? Okay. So if you have a doctor that knows what questions to ask, so, for example, PTSD, which I didn't mention is one of the 11, and I apologize for that because for this circumstance, it's perhaps one of the most important, if not the most important. Because to me, if you've had three failed back fusions, right, or you have a horrible rheumatoid arthritis or whatever debilitating condition that, that you have that necessitates that you take narcotics or that you take Ambien at night for pain or requires that you have to face further surgeries, further nerve being, nerves being burned, whatever they're using for the chronic pain that you have. To me, there's a certain anxiety and depression that goes along with that. There's a certain anxiety that goes along with never wanting to take another narcotic again in your life. There's a certain depression about knowing that to even bend over to pick up the newspaper on Sunday morning, much less play 18 holes of golf with your buddies, is something you can't do anymore. So, <clears throat> excuse me, quite frankly, whether you've been in to see your doctor or... Um, excuse me, a psychiatrist example, to, you know, to have depression diagnosed. Or, I'll be honest with you. I listen to my patients and what they tell me. And to me, it becomes a very valid argument in this era of narcotic overdose that you have anxiety about the continuation of having to take narcotics. So to me, I think asking the appropriate questions then knowing how to appropriately document it for state documentation, and then quite frankly being willing to take that responsibility towards teaching the patient why getting off the black market. Because, you know, Nasser, it's interesting. The reason I feel the way I do is that I don't discriminate versus patients that are doobie one versus doobie three, right? Yeah. So they all want the same thing. They're all coming in carrying the satchel of pills. So those patients that are carrying the satchel of pills that have not crossed over yet to the black market, to me, deserve what they deserve. 
But those patients that have not, or excuse me, that have crossed over into the black market, they also deserve what they deserve. They deserve a balanced one-to-one THC CBD product. Yep. They deserve to know what they're getting, right? Yep. They deserve the strains. That's been they, tested. They deserve that to know that it's tested. Quality. That it's the highest quality. There's no pesticides, no fungi, no molds, right? So to me, if I teach that patient appropriately about how their best quality product of cannabis is this medicinal cannabis product because of these reasons, then to me, I feel like I'm fulfilling my personal mission of educating awesome. my patient. Yeah. And, and, that is and, such a critical message, Dr. Gordon, because that's why we really, a lot, that's why we fight for the legalization because there are a lot of patients who cannot, um, they, that's detrimental to their health, more than detrimental to their health. The mold can kill certain patients. Mm-hmm. So it's so important that we fight for a legal market so that an illegal market that gives variety of strains so that people don't have to go to the black market anymore and they know exactly what they're getting, no where doubt. it was grown, how it was grown. And the, and the other piece that you uh, mentioned previously was the amount of education that's happening in a dispensary space. You mentioned your patient who um, spent 45 minutes with a bud tender. That, that is not going to happen in the black market. No way. No way. And, and, you know, Cheryl, a fascinating thing, and i got to tell you, we see it every day, and it's so fascinating. And this is the Doobie 3 guy that I alluded to about 10 minutes ago, Nasser. Mm -hmm. So we get a 75-year-old guy comes in that has used cannabis for years, always THC products. See, that's what needs to be understood. When you buy a product on the black market, it's all THC. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. And there's reasons for that, of course. But the biggest reason is is that the THC is what mitigates the psychoactivity of the high, right? So the CBD component that actually counteracts the THC a little bit has been bred out, and everybody knows that. But then with, you know, Dr. Machulam, of course, and the endocannabinoid system, you know, we've learned what we've learned. So here's the fascinating thing. We'll have a 75-year-old guy come in that's never known about CBDs, never used CBDs, never had access to CBDs. He may be growing his own beautiful products, but a THC product. So you know what we'll say to that guy? We'll say, listen, there's something called the CBDs. You've never heard of them. And he's, this is what they are. He goes, well, I said, well, listen, you know what? That guy will come back six months later, and they'll say, Doc, thank you for teaching me about those BC. I don't know course, what they are, whatever they were. And, and they're better. They're better because their arthritis, their adult problems are better. So when you're 19 years old or whatever, the THC, quite frankly, may be what you want. But in adult-use cannabis, it's that unique balance of THC and CBD ratio. In fact, Cheryl, so just getting back to what Cheryl wanted to have I think, happen. Yeah, she said the, the, the steps for you the know, steps, a patient we're getting right to back you. to it. So the first, right. the first one is... The find, first the right one is find the right doctor. Find the right doctor. Just going to ask the right questions and, and, and be optimistic about listen, how to fix your condition. It's an important thing to talk about right now. I actually had a doctor from the East Coast, um, Cheryl, you'll be so interested in this and this is a very respected physician very respected physician who i know and i trust and i know she's telling me the exact truth about it she was attempted to be recruited by another organization uh, medical cannabis rise right now who was trying to convince her that she could do it by telehealth okay Hmm. that she could do it by telehealth and and this is too this is you cannot do it by telehealth everybody they you you need to see your cannabis physician in person you need a physical examination a physical examination in person okay needs to be done 
Okay, so when I tell you that there are still charlatanistic organizations out there, and 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 Patrick Galuka, my you know partner and I, and we have a name for them. We call them the parasites. You know, mm-hmm. there are organizations out there that are not looking out for the good of the patient. So my point is, the first step. Do your research, okay? Um, there is, of course, the OMU list of appropriate qualifying physicians, which is your first step. But then talk talk to your doctor. Ask around. One of the things that we're proud of, and I was alluding to it earlier, NASA, why we're so busy at my clinic, is that we're the referral center for the other doctors in the area that can't do it yet. So they know what we do, how we do it, that we're there every day. I think one of the things right now you got to be careful about are the clinics that are only there like one day a week. You know, and their doctors move from place to place to place, you know, and I'm not saying they're not quality clinics or quality doctors, but just make sure you ask the right questions. So that's the first step. Find the first, the the right doctor. Just like you're trying to find the right products, do your research, find the right doctor that's going to give you the entire examination that you need to see if whether or not cannabis is the best fit for you. Well, that's right. And then you got to get the teaching done. So that's the first thing is just find the right clinic, find the right doctor. So here's the point, Cheryl. We have a five um, D teaching method that we call it the first of the D's is determining that debilitating condition, and that goes to the advocacy that we just talked about, Nasser. The second D is that doobie test, or to be more formal, the determination of past cannabis usage or the role that cannabis has had in your life, right? The third D is that duality concept, right, of THC and CBD. So as we like to say, if you have a high level of CBD and a low level of THC, then grandma is not going to get very high. Right. And that's very close to the CBD product. Once again, quality Green Roads type of CBD product, but with just a little bit of the THC. So, for example, Certera, we like to send a lot of our newer patients to because they have a wonderful medicinal line of newer products. For example, their premixed come in a 12 to 5 CBD to 1 THC ratio. Right. So that's a great place to start those that have never had any THC exposure in the past. Right. Because that's going to limit the exposure so that grandma's you know, not writing a love note to grandpa that died 10 years ago at 330 in the morning. You know, <laughs> if she gets involved with the other side of the equation, which would be the one CBD to nine THC product once again from Certera. So that once again, duality concept, THC high, CBD low, then much more psychoactivity. Of course. Right. Now, everybody always wants to know what's going to be better for pain, right? Or tremor or spasm or what anxiety, depression. So the answer is exactly this that unique balance of THC and CBD that may be different quite frankly, in the individual during the day than it is at night as well. Gotcha. So it's going to vary by the doobie one, little old lady grandma, to the doobie three. You know, I like to tell little old lady grandma and grandma's family that, you know, doobie three can drink the bottle of Certera, you know, one to nine, and he's going to have a normal day. Yep. Right. But five drops of that under grandma's tongue, and she's going to be considerably altered. Right. Right. But but never stop breathing. So the safety is always 100%. Of course. So Grandma Wait may get a little giggly and, you know, giggle with the next Seinfeld episode a little bit or something, you know, but she will not stop breathing. So you get to find that mark for each individual. So if you're a Doobie 1 or you're a Doobie 2, which, by the way, Dr. Gordon is, is making the reference as Doobie 1, is you're, if you're a person that has not tried cannabis, don't know anything about cannabis, haven't, haven't 
had an opportunity to be involved in cannabis, you're the doobie one. And the doobie twos, these doobie twos are people that have maybe tried it before, they're not regularly using. Doobie threes are people regularly using. It sounds like most of the doobie ones and doobie twos, you are usually prescribing them a product that is more CBD, less THC, so that way they're getting the benefits of the plant, but they're not getting high from the plant like they would with high THC levels. That's, exactly, Nasser. That's Nasser. the start. For sure. Everybody wants to come in and keep their mentality, you know, their mentality. See, you're young. You don't know it yet, Nasser, but when you get to be my age, I'm going to be 62 in May. I'm feeling older. I'm feeling I got you. Older. No, but the point is you want to keep your mind clear. I mean, nobody's coming in to get high into the medical clinic. There okay. does not. It's the intention. Getting high, you know what getting high is at 62, feeling the best you can every day. Getting out of bed with the least amount of pain, seriously, and, and yeah. especially for patients with debilitating conditions you know we tell everybody just backing up just the first thing i tell my patients in every visit three things everybody wants you want to feel the best you can you want to do it in the most natural way you can yep and you need and you want to be legal so uh, those yes. three things are basic yes. to everybody so so that's the duality but i want to go back to so you have the 12 5 to 1 and the 1 to 9 right on either ends of the spectrum but every right dispensary organization has a one-to-one Right. So the one to one is that equal balance of, of CBD THC. And exactly. Right. And then we talk about another concept, which is actually the fifth of the D's. So let me finish up the five D's. It'll take about another minute or so. Oh, so 50. that's right. So so that's the duality concept. Yeah. Right. So CBD, THC, blah, blah. The fourth D is the dispensary D. Right now, in my clinic, I actually have a staff of clinical educators that come into the room after I'm done with the patient. Okay. So it's not just the teaching that that I do. I actually send in an expert that can. Actually I do. Go They're product deeper. experts. Okay. They know the dispensaries, right? Very much like my wife Patty, who I think we'll have on a little bit later, Nasser, and she'll, so. she'll she'll show us some fun things. But we have educators that will go in and talk about the dispensaries themselves, the products available, how much they cost, and Cheryl, very importantly. So the rest of the state's process where you have to get now, here's the good news. You don't have to have a driver's license picture taken anymore, right? Or excuse me, a, 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 a passport picture taken anymore. Right now they are uploading driver's license pictures. Okay. So if you have a valid driver's license in Florida... You don't need to that, do the passport thing anymore. That's a huge step, and it's that really is huge. Is. And I, I just want to speak on that. Why that's so important, and advocacy is so important. People were getting their applications denied because the picture was uh, in the mail, got you know wrinkled or or like bent, and they were getting things denied, or the passport picture wasn't good enough. And it's like you go through this process. There's already anxiety of you know, wow, this is new to me, especially for a doobie one. And then you fill out your application, send it in. And you get a big old denied, and you have to feel you start over with the process. There were multiple uh, people were denied multiple times. It's extremely frustrating. It extends a process that's already way too long. So that is huge that they're doing that automatic update of the driver's license. Right. Thanks and, for that information. Right, and you can also pay online now. So what? they yes, you can now pay online. Pay for what, so products? you can no, you can pay for your card. Okay. So you can pay your seven product, but you can pay for your card too. So, yeah. So it sounds like that's a step we may that that so step. We're getting, we're having patients get their cards somewhere. You okay. know, the lowest I've had a patient get it in twenty one days. Whoa. But I would say the average right now is about the thirty five to forty day range or so. I don't want to get people overly excited about it, but it surely is one advancement of the OMU. 
that I would give to the positive is that at least some now on the other hand Canadians or other foreign nationals still can't get in because you have to have a dry a um, social security number mm. okay and also there's things like the two routes of administration you know problem that still hasn't been solved so believe me and I know that was a segment you wanted to have also um, Nasser talking about the OMU so just talking about the OMU the you know the OMU is, is slowly advancing and getting better you know Cheryl I went to the uh, meeting up in Orlando the dosing meeting and it was the first time um, I met Christian back shook his hand and it was right. the first time that I really ever saw the OMU have an attitude of discourse between uh, or of back and forth um, between the parties that, that are out there it was great um, the parties you that are out there that doing it on people though you have effect, that effect on people well I think holding two million dollars back from their funding at the Senate level also had that effect on them as well Cheryl to be honest with you I, you know and, and and they've come out you know pretty strongly and saying this is their rules making um season so you know our, they're, they're viewers, doing their thing for our viewers who don't know the omu that uh that doctors dr dr gordon's mentioning is the office of medical marijuana use that's right uh, they used to be the office of compassionate use until they took the compassion out of the program which was a I joke do, from last I year i do want to dive into a little bit more about what that office does but to, to but to finalize those steps of what that's right i want to get back in. to the last of the d's because it's important cause, yeah. and in fact it's the, the the most of the importance so remember the duality then the dispensary d yep. that's when they come in and they talk about the products and then there's one more D, and everybody's always waiting for it. And I love when I have medical professionals in my office. So last week, I had three retired physicians in my office in one week with their um, wives. It was the craziest thing. And, and, and it's so interesting to speak with retired physicians in their 80s, okay, about medical cannabis. But anyway, I, 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 and my nurses that are retired, you notice one, two words I never put together, Nasser, it's old and nurse. It's like two, you know, positives and a magnet, right? They don't go together. So retired nurse, nurse America whatever but when I have my nurses also as patients I always like to kind of bait them and I say well you know there's one more D right and you know what that D's got to be and everybody always comes out with it's going to be dose right it's got to be dose medicine's dose this is medicine it's got to be dose you know what it's not it's not it's not dose what's the what's the D you know what the D is it's called delivery delivery and control Mm. okay and I'll tell you why now it can't be dose because if it's dose that means 10 milligrams a day or 10 milligrams three times a day for Vietnam vet guy who's used it every day, doobie three, doobie four, he'll feel nothing from that, right? And then little old lady grandma, doobie one, is, you know, sitting on the floor eating chips and, you know, watching, like I said, Jerry Springer all day, right? Very intoxicated. So we don't dose. Dose never comes up in the conversations that I have with my patients, okay, unless I tell them that we don't dose. So the point is, what's delivery all about? Delivery means vaping, right, versus sublingual, versus oral, versus topical, Yep. Versus suppository. Not too many people ask for those, right? But Cheryl, you remember, of course, Ray Rod wanted suppositories and oral as the only routes of administration in the original right. bill, which is kind of funny. Yes. No uh, vaping, no vaping, no vaping was in the original bill. Representative Rodriguez, who was given the responsibility of um, coming up with the the language for the, uh, the the bill last session, and it did like tours of law firms and all over the place asking for suggestions and completely ignored everything and came up with the great idea of only oral delivery and uh, rectal delivery, yeah, yeah, which indeed. makes absolutely no sense. Indeed. So anyway, just get back to it. So delivery and control. So we'll take an 80-year-old doobie one lady, Nasser, believe it or not, and we'll teach her how to vape. 
right? Okay. And this is a lady who may never have even used alcohol in the past or smoked a cigarette in the past, but we still talk to the family about vaping. So people always say, how could you do that? Why would you do that? It's like too close to getting high, too close to getting stoned. They're going to be scared. Here's the point. The vaping is so unique in three ways of titration. The first way is when you when you vape, it's always going to hit you the hardest and the fastest. So I like saying to families with elderly, right, that have never used it before, that, hey, if you vape, you're going to know within two to three minutes, right, the maximal effect of what's going to go on with grandma, right? You're not going to have to wait a half hour. Yep. Like if you do have to do a sublingual like drop. Or an edible. Right. No little old lady grandma gets a pill or an edible out of my practice, right, until they're well attuned to the THC. And okay. that could be at any of the amounts. But the point is the vaping is always going to hit the hardest and the fastest. Instant. So that's instantaneous. So that's your first way of titration. The second way of titration, and once again, just going back to Certera, but you can make up your own tincture oil mixtures. You can get True Leaf oil, CBD, and a, and a THC mix. But going back to Terra. I can start grandma all the way back at the 12, five to one, right? Or the five to one, the one to one, or quite frankly, even the one to nine, we don't, but we could. And the reason for that is because when you vape, you can choose exactly how much you want to do. So little old lady grandma can do one quick vape and put it down. Yep. Right. Versus Vietnam vet guy who's done it every day can do five huge vapes. Yes. Right. So there's that way. And also by the amount. So grandma can choose exactly what concentration to use. So we like to start, quite frankly, kind of right in the middle at the one to one. And I'll say to grandma and grandma's family, listen, do one vape and put it down. And then you know what? You say to grandma in two to three minutes, grandma, what's up? If grandma says, hey, let's go dancing. Right. Then you got your answer. Right. It worked. I'm teasing, but I'm not. (laughs) But my point is, you don't have to wait a half hour to know. Got it. So if grandma says, you know what, I really don't feel very much, then grandma can safely do another. Right. And you're not stacking. Right. So if you're not you're doing, waiting to see the not. results and then maybe even that's right. too much for maybe you wanted you wanted at that time. It's a great way to dial in early on is the point. So you're not waiting that half hour. If you don't get an effect, then you take a second dose. Then it's an hour and a half later and you wish you hadn't taken the second dose. And, you know, you, you hear that in the recreational market all the time out in Colorado with the inexperienced. They'll eat a cookie. 10 milligram, you know, and then they, they, you know, they won't get the effect and then they'll get anxious and they'll take another, you know, dose or eat another cookie in an hour. And then it's two hours later and they're sorry that they did that. And so what about the form of delivery now that we had mentioned, you had, I think earlier we had mentioned that Cheryl said uh, truly had a, a flower that was coming out. How's the difference between vaping and just using a flower? That's right. So vaping is vaping. So the vaping products. And so anyway, just getting back to the delivery that gives grandma control is the yeah, point. Yeah. So when you give the patient control, Nasser over their medicines, over their satchel of pills, then that relieves the veil of depression very uniquely in a way that other pharmaceuticals do not. So we've actually developed a phrase for it. We call it control plus safety because you have to remember the safety margin is is basically infinite. So with the appropriate teaching on ratios, control plus safety equals relief. So we believe in microdosing, and we believe in teaching each and every patient about that unique balance of THC and, and CBD. CBD ratio that works for them. Here's the here's the corollary to grandma. Okay, so if grandma is dancing because that you know one to one one or two vapes helped her yep. for two to three hours. You know what? If she's out on the dance floor and she starts to get her pain back, you know what grandma can do? 
Vape again. She can. Well, you need to go into the restroom, get out of public view. And then she can. Exactly. The point is she can repeat the dose. Right. Yeah. So it's that ability to repeat the dose safely and reliably. That's so unique. And that can be by vape. It could be by sublingual. It can be by oral. It can be by topical. Right. Yeah. But the point is, it's the education that's the key. That's another reason. And you asked me two reasons early on, um, Nasser, about why doctors don't do a lot of this practice yet. One is giving up of control of the medicines to their patients, yep. right? The second, it takes a lot of teaching, right? So I've had patients tell me, Doc, thank you for spending 20, 25 minutes with me. I haven't had a doctor talk to me directly for 25 minutes in the past 20 years, right? And, and, and we have hired an educational staff to continue with the teaching even after I'm done with the patient. Very so that's, that's what has to be done. It's the only way that it can be done. And, 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 and we know that... That's the model that needs to be set up in Florida, and I, I don't want to sit here and be braggadocious over it, but I feel very comfortable and confident that we're doing what the state wants us to do in spite of perhaps advocating for some patients that they may not want me to. And, and that would be the five steps, Cheryl. So I think the, yeah, the first for, the, the, for sure. So the I, first I thing is find a doctor. And we've never had a physician on really take us through the process. And the other part of it, the process has changed. So because you're right there in the front lines, you know that – you know, you can pay online now, which people may be discouraged from going for their cuts. You're like, oh, my God, i got to get a money order, got to mail it in, et cetera, and so on. All these enhancements are the result of a lot of activists, but it makes it easier for patients to have access. So thank you for taking us through um, that that um, that step-by-step uh, plan for someone to get access to the, the healing that they need. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's really, really important. There's a couple other important points too, Cheryl. So what goes on at the dispensary level? So my clinic routinely routinely puts in the same order for every patient and and i'm 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 you know i'm happy to bring it out uh, we put in 200 milligrams a day of thc and cbd in two routes of administration that were allowed typically in the oral and vape fashion okay so people say how does that practically work down how much is that the point is is that out of my patients very 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 few and i i would say basically three or four only have had to use more than that amount. It comes out to 14,000 milligrams over 70 days. You're allowed to put in three 70-day order sets, right, once you see your patient initially. Now, different practices will handle things differently. There are practices that will write it for 10 milligrams three times a day, right? That's a dose, right? That adds up to 30 milligrams of THC a day. I'm not saying that they're right or, or excuse me, they're wrong and we're right in the amount of cannabis, but to try to dose it in that type of fashion is not really in the best means of how to use cannabis, but you need to be careful because those type of practices may want you to come back in 30 days to have your dose increased. Yeah. And then another 30 days to have your dose increased. So you have to ask the right questions. Even when you call into a clinic Ask them what their dosing philosophy is, right? If they charge you to change routes of administration, right? If they make you come back at that 70-day period of time to have your renewal mm -hmm. because it's 210 days, which is three 70-day order sessions. Okay. Now, we do a follow-up visit on our patients that need it for sure because they need further advice. But in general, those patients that are savvy and comfortable with the dispensary system, we don't see them, you know, any um, more frequently than the 210 days that the state requires us to, right? So the point is you need to ask clinics questions to the extent that sometimes the cheapest on surface may not actually offer what you need, which is mostly the education, 
but also those follow-up services that are appropriate. So tell me, the, 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 say that again, the requirement of the 210 days. So right, the stay requirement that, is every 210 that. days the patient needs to be recertified. Okay. Right? So just continuing with, as Cheryl was asking about the process itself. So a- after I see a patient on that first visit, we typically schedule them for a 90-day visit and follow-up to make sure that they've gotten their number from the state. Now, everybody, you don't need to wait for your card from the state. You need to get the email back from um, the state. So there's those are two different things. So when the email says that you're good to go, sometimes the card will take another couple months. We've had gotcha, patients gotcha. wait for the card and, and not just the email. So that's that's important. We've also had patients not know that their doctor needs to put in both THC and CBD if they want both THC and CBD. So sometimes the patients will know more than the doctors themselves. You know, Nasser, every once in a while we have a patient that'll come from a dispensary lobby because they'll sit next to one of my patients and and, and my patient will say to the other patient, well, what did your doctor tell you about THC CBD ratio? And the other patient no will idea. look at him and they'll have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting, so the, the, steps, the difference so, in so education. So right now, if a patient comes to the Compassionate Cannabis Clinic and sees Dr. Barry Gordon, they're going to, they're going to one- they're going to find the right doctor that's been researching it, that has an understanding of it. Uh, then they're going to get their uh, it's a recommendation. Their review, their recommendation. That's right. Then they're hopefully going to be applying for a medical marijuana card, right? Right. And once they receive their email about the medical marijuana card, they can then go into a dispensary and pick up their products. They don't necessarily have to wait to the card, which, by the way, I've heard a lot of feedback about people waiting forever to get their card. And once they get their card, they're now going to the dispensary and getting their products. Or in this case, you don't even have to wait for your card. Like we said, you can just get into the dispensary and get your products. Right. And then if and, and for you, for your for your guys' system, 90 days later, you're hopefully seeing them again and seeing exactly how the results have been. Right. And, you know, Nestor, I, and listen, I don't know when the next break is, but it could be a great segue to it. Because what we know that others don't know is because of how long we've been doing it since January 3rd, the volume of patients that we have. We have... It's not double-blinded science type of research. And, Cheryl, I love what you're doing up there when you talk about the research that's needed. We, we, we survey our patients, and I know what's going on, and I know my patients are taking less narcotics. We see it every day. You know, I, what I call a win, Nasser, I, I call a win when my patients feel better using the same medicines that they're on. I never want anybody to take more. But to me, I don't set the bar that, hey, you've got to get off your other medicines. You know, that's not really what I'm about. I want people to have a better quality of life. Period. That's a win. But absolutely a win-win is patients feeling better, taking a less burden of their big pharma meds. Absolutely. And believe me when I tell you, pretty much every patient wants that. So that is the win-win. And there is the win-win-win-win miracle patients that do get off all of their manufactured pharmaceuticals. We see it. We see it every single day day and i would invite jeff sessions i would invite the president himself i would and i ask for rick scott to sit in my office any day and see what we do we've had representative julio gonzalez in my office who um, spoke of medical cannabis as gasparilla in the 2016 session he's an orthopedic surgeon and my personal representative in venice and the representative of my clinic um, he spent two hours in my clinic we're now sharing patients and he doesn't think it's gasparilla anymore 
So to say that he's friendly towards medical cannabis, I wouldn't quite step out on the limb about. And, you know, he's running for Congress, actually, uh, Representative uh, mm-hmm. Julio Gonzalez. He, 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 he's, he's, he's taken the next step to see if he can become a U.S. congressman. So it's going to be interesting to follow. Huge, oh, yeah. Huge. He's running. But the point yep. is, is that he was in the clinic. And, and, and when we left, we, we shook hands and we agreed that, uh, that this is something he needs to look much, much further deeper into. And once again, I didn't blame him for not having the knowledge and the stance that he had because, quite frankly, none of us were taught what I know. Well, and, and those are the people that we want to support. Those are the um, uh, politicians that we'd like to have on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as mentioned previously, Cannabis Life Radio is going to be hosting a candidates forum as we lead up to the November election, so stay tuned for that information. In addition to that, we have a, a candidate, Elaine Geller, will be joining us in the next couple of weeks, and Nasser has been in conversation with her and her team. And in addition, uh, one of our hugest, hugest supporters in Tallahassee, um, consistently um, always advocating for, for patients, um, uh, Representative Chevron Jones will be um, with us also on the show. Um, Dr. Gordon, you also said that you would like to work on getting um, governor, governor candidate Andrew Gillum on the show as well. What was your experience meeting him and, you know, you know, I have an issue with sincerity of of candidates as they realize that 71% of the voters are cannabis supporters. So um, I, I hate when people jump into our industry just to get those votes and they really don't care about patients. So right. um, what was your feel from uh, 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 Mayor Andrew Gillum, who's hoping to be governor um, with this November election? Yeah, you know, Cheryl, I had a very unique, serendipitous opportunity to sit next to Mayor Gillum actually for an hour on the silver prop between uh, Tampa and Tallahassee. And and the only reason I knew who he was was because he was wearing a wristband. And I started a conversation up with him just to the extent of of asking him to tell me a little bit about Andrew Gillum because as a medical cannabis clinician myself, I had heard that he was pro-cannabis. Well, he said, well, I'm glad you're asking because I can tell you everything because I'm, I'm Mayor Gillum. So it was it was unbelievable. But the, what impressed me the most about um, Mayor Gillum was that he listened. He He's very progressive liberal. He, he uh, has come out for legal uh, rec, uh, progressive, uh, regulate Florida type of philosophy. And he's come out um, in, in the past that way. So that's pretty well known. But like many um, progressive liberals, he, he didn't know why to the extent of medicinal cannabis. He had never heard of THC-CBD ratios. He didn't appreciate the fact that the average age of the patients coming into my clinic were 55 years old. He had no idea of the burden of narcotics and benzodiazepines and gabapentin and Lyrica that my patients were getting rid of, His the citizens of Florida. So when I tell you that he intently listened for like 45 minutes or an hour or so and really was just impressed by the things that he didn't know about cannabis. And, you know, he, of course, knows that it is one of the true bipartisan issues in this state. I think there's going to be two of them this year. I think common sense cannabis reform is going to be one of them. And I think the, se- the second one is going to be common sense gun reform. And, and he's very strong on both of them. And, and I, I guess what really impressed me the most is that, you know, and you know me, I can talk pretty good, but he listened and, and, and he really wanted to know what I knew. 
and and he was impressed enough to ask me to to be a point man for him in the cannabis community. He called me on Monday himself after meeting him on Saturday, and hey, I'll, I'll be honest. He asked me for a contribution, um, and as I said to him, you know, it's funny, Andrew. There's two things that keep me from running for office. One, of course, is the skeletons in my closet. Although mostly, I guess that may be cannabis in the past, but you know, I think Donald Trump took care of that. I think he can have a whole lot of skeletons in your closet these days and run but the second is the fact i have no capacity to ask anybody for money you know but he didn't have a lackey call me or anybody on his campaign he did it personally and i'll be honest with you we talked for another hour about various topics so you know i feel very comfortable in saying that he is very very sincere in his belief of common sense regulate florida philosophy and absolutely will move the medical uh, cannabis program forward. My my feeling about it is, is that I want this to be a bipartisan issue, Cheryl. I want both parties to have their candidate committed toward positivity in the medical cannabis program and towards progressive reform. I don't know if that's possible or not, and I don't know. You know, yesterday Adam Putnam actually gave a um, a speech, and I know Gary Stein was up there and, and had some Facebook Live on it. And he's already he's also Adam Putnam is a. Uh, Governor race hopeful as well. Is that correct? That's right. And quite frankly, I think leading the um, Republican uh, ticket right now, quite frankly, by polls. He, I, I saw a poll that he's got DeSantis, who's the Republican congressman, um, two to one or three to one even. But the point is, he doesn't even um, favor hemp being grown in the state. And, you know, he's, of course, the agricultural commissioner. He came out yesterday in speech saying that he does not believe in uh, progressive reform of cannabis laws and surely not legal um, uh, legal wrecks. So I like to tell people that Andrew Gillum, quite frankly, is the John Morgan, quote unquote, type candidate who is running. And I'll be honest with you, he's a very strong second right now to Gwen Graham, who is leading the um, Democratic uh, polls right now. She's the daughter of the ex-governor Bob Graham and an ex-congresswoman from the panhandle. But, you know, she's kind of pseudo-quasi. We're not quite sure about her on on cannabis. And also Philip Levine, who is the... Well, I, I know I know. Gwen Graham has posted on her, like when we ended session without a cannabis legislation, she did actually post on her website that they needed to do something. So I, I know that she is um, ver- vocal about being pro-cannabis. But I think just like you had that opportunity to sit down with Andrew Gillum and, and educate, all of these candidates need... Um, to take the time to really understand what being pro-cannabis means. Absolutely. Um, yeah, right, and that's what I want. That's what I want. I want him to debate. No more is Nikki Freed, who's also running for governor, and she's she's a member of the cannabis industry. So right. she understands it. She's represented a, a license holder. She interfaces with all the license holders. She interfaces with patients. So, you know, that's encouraging, um, and, and we're going to have her on the show as well. So there's definitely a desire to have Gwen Graham on, Nikki Freed on, um, Adam Levine on. Um, we would love Adam Putnam to also um, come on the show and all of those candidates take part in our candidates' form. So if there's any representatives for those individuals, please contact us. You can inbox me directly or inbox um, Cannabis Life Radio, and we'll uh, make that happen so that um, our, our uh our listeners can be informed. And again, we know we have listeners all across the country and internationally. So uh, forgive us for this focus on Florida for today, but it's really critical for legalization because we have the corners of the country. We know we saw the West Coast expansion from, you know, California 
going eastbound. And then you see the Massachusetts Jersey expansion going from that angle. Florida is critical for expanding into the south. And that's why we put so much emphasis on the legislation in Florida, because then we can see the cascade to Georgia and Alabama. And that's what we're, we're look, driving towards. So just to share the big picture of why we focus so much on Florida is because, uh, you know, any type of legislation, especially progressive legislation, starts in the four corners of this country. And Florida is one of those critical, critical, critical points um, for that expansion. So we're going to do a lot of education. If you are having events, I encourage you to contact the League of Women Voters. Um, they are uh, authorized to do voters registration. Um, I know for sure in the state of Florida, they do an awesome job. So please contact the League of Women Voters. They'll come out and they'll set up voters registration activity at your event. So um, we need everyone to be registered. We need the people who are just turning 18 um, to, to get registered to vote. We need the people who have just recently become citizens um, to register to vote. Um, and, and we also need our, um, you know, Puerto Rican community that, unfortunately, um, a lot of them have chosen Florida to be their next home. Um, we need them registered to vote and also um, taking part in the advocacy for for cannabis legalization absolutely sorry gordon please no 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 i mean that's perfect hey listen share my belief is that you know all we can do is try to control things the best we can and it just seems to me that if we can change things at the top it's a lot easier one seat than trying to change uh, however many seat senate and however many seat house that we have here in florida you know those that's one each individual race and those are tough to do but i think if we can flip things at the top you know gillum actually had a very interesting thought about it because you know being in ohio and by um in my past i didn't know too much about florida politics but bob graham was the last democratic governor but they've what? almost got they've almost gotten it back though a couple times since and if you know the Gore election with the hanging chads and this and that you know it's really only been a couple three percentage points necessarily and you know maybe a, a big blue wave coming and, and the right candidate at the top absolutely you know will make a big difference in the medicinal cannabis program so I just want to see a debate you know I want to see them all talk about it and I want to see them focus on what's important to me I'll be honest with you I'm going to be a one issue voter this year and my issue is cannabis and I. I want to get done what's right for my patients and my and my practice couldn't agree more dr gordon cheryl thank you so much for those points we are going to take a quick commercial break quick commercial break but stay tuned because when we come back uh we're going to actually during the commercial break we're going to be telling you a little bit about what's required to have a growing license in florida we're specific to florida right now but what is required to have a florida growing license we're going to play it during commercial break and when we return we're also going to have dr gordon's wife mrs gordon's coming on the show to show us a couple of the products that you may see at a medical marijuana dispensary. And, and this is the good stuff. Oh, Believe me when hey, I tell you. This, hey, this is not on the black market here. This is not on the street. No, wonder. this is real medicinal cannabis product. And I got to tell you, Patty knows more than anybody Woo, in the state. We got Patty coming on the show right now. So stay tuned. Information on the, on the uh, medicinal products. And we got a $500 CBD giveaway coming up. Two winners. Let's see if it's you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
Cannabis, tri- Cannabis Life Radio, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Testing, testing, one, two, three, and we're back and we're live. Uh, if you've not been with us, we have had Dr. Barry Gordon alongside in studio. We also have Patty Gordon. Hi, yes, 
Thank you for having me. Come on to this microphone right here. Thank you for having us here. Of course, of course. And uh, we're going to get with Patty in a second. She's going to give us some specifics about some of the products that you may be able to get from a medical marijuana dispensary. But before we go into Patty showing us some of these products, uh, if you you were with us at the commercial break, we were showing a video. And uh, that video was basically outlining, outlining the requirements to be given a Florida marijuana growing license. So I just wanted to review those with our audience real quick. If you are yeah. interested... And, that, and that's a, I just want to clarify that, again, Florida is a vertical environment, so it's an MMTC license, a medical mar- marijuana treatment center license, which includes growing capabilities, so there's cultivation, um, processing, um, as well as dispensing um, with the transportation component also included in that. Sorry, no, no, please. And Cheryl, you know, did you know, did you know, this, so I don't know if you saw the video at the commercial break, but I didn't know an applicant's but. an applicant's nursery must be at least 30 years old and should also process at least 400,000 plants in cultivation. So to that, start, yeah, that is that was changed with Senate Bill 8A. So that is no longer the case. The 30 year requirement was eliminated uh, right now. The the and that's exactly what my office does. Um both, um, you know, Cheryl Murray Powell, PA, the, my law firm located in downtown Fort Lauderdale, right on Southeast 3rd and Davy. Um, I consult with with um, people who are interested in becoming applicants. Um, and then also I have Green Sustainable Strong, which is my um, consulting firm. So I consult all over the country as far as cannabis. But um, the, two, the requirements that are um, kind of replace the 30-year requirement is um, the person really does have to have an agricultural certificate, so a certificate from the Department of Agriculture to to cultivate, and then they also or or ag, an agricultural let's call it agricultural certificate because there are some nuances based on statute where that's concerned, and also they need to be registered with the state of Florida Secretary of State for at least five c- continuous years. So uh, okay. five continuous years they couldn't have deactivated and reactivated. It has to be five continuous years, and that's where Florida has um, the equivalent, I would say, of a residency requirement that you see in other states. The initial Compassionate Compassionate Care Act did have a 30-year requirement as a nursery person, um, which was absurd, and there was no relatability to the ability to grow cannabis. So we're we're moving in a in a better direction. So there there were a number of changes since the Compassionate Care Act. there was an application that was out. Uh, we were expecting October 3rd to have um, the new licenses issued. That still hasn't happened. Um, Dr. Gordon alluded to the, the cessation of funding for the um, uh, OM, OMU So, as a result of their inactivity. Um, so they're, they're, we're going to get a new application. The last one that was put up and re- rescinded um, required that, you know, the, the certified financials, whatever the applicant name was, on uh, a certified financials is the same applicant name who um, has the five years with the Secretary of State and the same name that uh, is on the agricultural certificate. So please feel free to, um, you know, reach out to me if, if you do have that interest. I do want to um, forewarn that there is a significant, a significant amount of funding um, required to um, pursue yeah, a license. The application fee alone is sixty thousand dollars. So let's talk about it. But um, you know, I, I really appreciate um, that we're educating people who are interested in getting on the business side. Now, yeah. if you know you're not in the position where you can create, you know, to start your own vertical license, you're going to apply for a vertical license because of the cost or 
other concerns, you don't have the five years, et cetera. You know, that's why one of the reasons why I founded Canna Headhunters, um, because, you know, I, when I consult with my clients, they're like, oh, I didn't realize it'd be so expensive. I can kind of get them in the direction where they can get experience, prepare for when the market is a little bit more accessible through an employment opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. um, the website for that is www.cannaheadhunters.com. Absolutely. So you don't have to. You, you no longer have to be thirty years old. Do you still have to have four hundred thousand plants in cultivation? And you had said that there was a cost associated. I no. think that you don't have to have four hundred thousand plants in cultivation anymore. No, no, not anymore. So really, it's just it's just the license that you referenced for for a five year time period. What was that five year time period one that you referenced? Yes, re- registered on the Secretary of State site. So when you go on SunBiz, let's say um, uh, Sun registered as an, as an entity on SunBiz, that's the requirement. Gotcha. So five years, uh, residents, you know, business residents in the state of Florida for five years. And then you said that there were startup costs associated uh, just alone. Yeah, the application is 60,000, but I heard that the, uh, you needed a bond and at least $2 million in funding to be able to, to, to get this done properly. That's recommended. Absolutely. I would, I would not take away from that. That is highly recommended. If you are, Get issued the license, then you need to be prepared to post a bond or have five million dollars in cash um, available for for just the insurance that you're really in it for the long for the long haul. I guess the most so interesting there, part for me is yeah. that is that Florida, you know, with so many people, and I know that it will come to to fruition, but you know, Florida right now has seven licenses out for a population of twenty million. Versus versus the you know like Colorado who has three thousand licenses for a population of five million and Washington who has a thousand fifty licenses for a population of seven million. So I'm really excited to see how many how that expands here in Florida in these next couple of years. Yeah, it, it is it is fascinating, and uh, you know I think little rules get changed here though there because people always kind of give lobbyists a bad name, you know. I lobby, uh, but most of my lobbying is either for, you know, green roads or minorities for medical marijuana. Um, and uh, we, we've done great work. We've um, uh, gotten the minority, um, well, actually diversity component added. So it, it allows for minority uh, and veteran um, uh, applicants to, to get scoring uh, accommodations and things like that, or points for showing that you, you are committed to diversity. So, um, you know, it's, it is changing uh every they say every time um legislation is in legislators are in session things can change and that's the posture that we're in we're prepared for changes based on you know what happens in tallahassee in the meantime you know it's really getting the building the right team and that's of course um what i what i advocate for and i assist my clients with is you know getting that that stellar team that you know has the history has the background a lot of people you know they see the dollar signs and they fantasize like i want to grow we'll have you grown a tomato you know where where are we starting from what's yeah. your experience and then it's how you incorporate your um experience that may not have been uh, in a legal environment into um your aspirations to um be involved um in the cannabis the legal cannabis space so um as Dr. Gordon uh, alluded to, y- y- we want we-, we need to move to the legal space because it's safer. It's safer. It'll bring the cost to where they need to be. Um, it's it's just necessary uh, yeah. from, from a public safety perspective. And how we get there, it's a combination of advocacy, uh, you know, good legislation, um, identi- encouraging the right resources and, and talent 
um, to be available and placed appropriately in the right organization. So um, very encouraged by what's happening in Florida. Um, but a big piece of that is, um, you know, the education that we do here on Cannabis Life Radio. Um, again, we, we want to thank our sponsor, Green Roads World, um, for their commitment to, um, to ensuring that people are educated and informed um, and, and they give us the bandwidth to do what we do. Absolutely, absolutely. Green Roads World, uh, you know, providing pharmacist formulated CBD products, test, you know, lab tested, and just a phenomenal product that we get feedback from you know, patients all the time. And I'm actually sitting next to Patty. I don't know if you can see us, Cheryl. I'm sitting next to Patty Gordon, hey, and she is a... Uh... Hey, Patty. Love you, Patty. You are always there side by side. There's a, a number of stories here. So, um, you know, just the fact that Patty has her own commitment to, to the cause and the fact that she knows, um, you know, her husband has specialized knowledge, specialized skill, and everywhere you see him, you see her, and she's completely in support of the industry and in support of her husband. Um, you are a role model uh, to a lot of people. You are a fantastic example, Patty, and it's always good to see you out and about, you know, fighting for, for the rights of patients. Uh, thank you so much. Coming from the ultimate role model, I appreciate that. Blessing. Blessing. And Pat, Patty, Patty is actually, you know, she's very knowledgeable about uh, not only the cannabis space, but specifically even the products. And so I wanted the opportunity for Patty to show some of the products that if you were, uh, you know, if you were looking to get into cannabis or get uh, cannabis at a, at a medical dispensary, and let's say you saw Dr. Gordon, he prescribed you medical cannabis, you got your card, you went into a dispensary. Patty, tell us about some of the products that uh, you know a customer may be able to get at a dispensary or what they're giving out nowadays, how they're giving it out. So I have a show that we call Pow Wow with Patty, and we try to give these updates weekly or biweekly. Is my speaker not on? There you go. Okay. No, I can, I can hear you, but I'm excited about Powell with Patty. How can we get? How can we catch her and know which times you're going to be live or on? We typically try to do that once a week, if not biweekly. Um, it's a hit and miss, so you just have to kind of um, like us on Facebook page uh, at the Compassionate Cannabis Clinic. And, Beautiful. And then that way you could watch all those. I've been doing those probably for about six months. And so we update weekly what new products are, are on the market. Um, as far as products that people have options from, as Dr. Gordon had said before, you have your oral solutions, you have your, um, your inhalation products with vaporization, um, you have the cartridges with the uh, concentrates and distillates in it. Um, Show them what the true flower looks the like. True yeah, flower. Yeah, let's see. That's what everybody wants to know. Okay, so True Leaf came out with the true, true flower. Um, they are much bigger than the true pods that they had before. Um, not true pods. Let's do a little bit of the science. The, the vaporization concept is that you don't want to combust the leaf. So you just want to um, heat up the trichomes or the crystals of the plant, right? And in that manner, it's felt to be safer. So you avoid the... Um, oh, the ill effects of, once again, the combustion. But you can see that it's in the container there that the Office of Medical Marijuana Use does not want the cannabis to be rolled into a joint, put into a pipe, right? So that's supposed to be inaccessible to the cannabis inside. But believe me when I tell you the flower product that is inside is a beautiful, gorgeous Good product. Good quality product. Um, they have it in six variety right now. Um, these are 3.5 grams in each jar. They vary between $35, $45, and $55 a piece. They have that in their original white buffalo. They have the Colombian gold that they just recently released, the Oregon lemon, Dream Queen, 
Lemon Tree and Nine Pound Hammer, and they're planning on coming out with much more. So stay tuned for all kinds of new strains. And so these these fun, interesting names are these the this is the strand of it. This is a part of the terpene of it. So wh where do these names come from? No, true, truly is a strain specific. Actually, they're working with Phylos, which is a organization that actually genetically tests the plants to make sure that they are of the strain that true leaf says that they are mm -hmm. from and you know hey i mean we love true leaf they're a fantastic dispensary you heard me mention Terra earlier i know patty may have some things to say also about you know cure leaf the uh, alt med people are going to be opening up on our coast uh, that's going to be the move organization there will be others of course knox has been out there and 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 doing grow a great healthy, job afria grow healthy I mean, literally the myriad of organizations is the reason why Patty's going to be doing what she's doing, which will be that voice for what's going on in the dispensary world so the patients can know what's up. Gotcha. Right. So it's so interesting. They're coming in these little, these, you know, these little packages so they don't want you, you know, grinding it up yourself and putting it into a joint, like you said. And are these all sativas? Are um, these indicas? They, they have two sativas, three hybrids, and one uh, indica right now, and they're planning on many more. Variety. Gotcha. And so these hybrids are a combination of CBD and THC. What's the what, what's the level? These well, all oh no, of them are CBD and, and THC. Okay, so all of them are CBD and THC, but the hybrid is actually an indica and sativa. Yeah, that's a blend of both. I okay. kind of like to say that sativa and indica got together and had a little baby, and that's baby hybrid. Okay, so, baby hybrid. And then it's going to either have the features of the indica or the sativa. So it'll either be a 50-50 or take on the dominancy of either the sativa or the indica. Gotcha, gotcha. So there's, uh, and so for these sativas, let's say for example, what's the ratio of CBD versus THC in these sativas? Well, well, you know, answer the, the answer to that in general is that those are going to all be high THC products. Got it. Just because of the nature of the breeding, and that's one of the important things that everybody needs to hear from their doctor is to make sure that when you go to the dispensary that you know exactly what you're getting. If you don't see a one to one ratio, for example, on the band of the product. Then it's going to be all THC. Yeah, it just is in general. Or let's put it this way: ninety-nine point whatever percent THC on your cannabinoid profile. Otherwise, you of course can get a pure CBD product, right? Or the various ratios. But you have to know that if if not, those are going to be pretty much all THC products. Very little CBD. Gotcha. But it's not going to be as high as the concentrates in in uh, percentage of THC. These are ranging between nineteen and twenty-four percent THC. In the flowers. Okay. Yeah. Um, they did sneak in a Jack Harer on their website just a couple days ago, and they're offering that in an oral solution. Um, they also are going to sneak that out in a different form, whether it's going to be the oral syringe, the true pod, the uh, flower product. They're sneaking that in also. So keep an eye on their website. Yeah, but this has always been a really, inter a really interesting um, point. Nasser is that you know the the vaping products of course in general are felt to be oils but absolutely the vaping of the plant-based product itself is well recognized and, and a very excellent means of delivery truly does sell a vaporizer uh, in a volcano type it's called um, form right mm -hmm. is yes. what they call it and it's rather expensive but similar products can be obtained elsewhere but you know you're only supposed to be able to use a delivery device from the dispensary itself. Now, Curaleaf also is another dispensing organization that also has a flower product. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting in that I, I really thought that we'd see a lot more public kind of um, 
knowledge about when the actual flower products were out in Florida. We found that, quite frankly, people really don't know about it. But in uh, reality, those people that have been waiting for a vaporizable, right, not smokable yet, but a vaporizable flower product, that is absolutely here in Florida. That's not going backwards. That's only going to go forwards. And I think, quite frankly, is um, just one means of positivity for those that are looking for the Entourage product. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Patty, thank you so much for joining us. I would like to tell you about Sertera. Oh, tell me about Sertera. Okay, Sertera has their wellness line, which is the 12 and a half to one that Dr. Berry was talking about all the way up to the one to nine product. Well, they just, they just, I'm I'm sneaking this in on you. I have not been given the thumbs up yet to give you full details about this but they it's are going to have exclusive it is and they're going to have a new product line and it's going to be called florida's finest now if you if you like us on compassionate cannabis uh, clinics uh, facebook page you'll get our powwow with patty and i have the thumbs up to give that launch before even Sertera is going to She's already out. pre-recorded it. It's, yes. it they just haven't let us let it out When's yet. When's that so. powwow, uh, Patty, coming out? Uh, as soon as they give me the thumbs up. Okay, they, okay. Uh, yes, it's a, an exciting whole new product line for Sertera. But we think that's really where Patty can really make a difference is that we really do have a very excellent in right now with the dispensing organizations because they know, quite frankly, that my clinic has wanted to take that role towards patient education. So they know if they let us know what's going on, we're going to trust them not to put it out before they want it out. Of course. But as soon as it's ready to get out, that we're going to let certainly our patients and every other patient that uh, is following us around the state uh, know what's up with the dispensaries. So we're, we're proud to do that. And if you watch Pow Wow from Patty, with Patty from this past Monday, you'll know all about the updates. You'll know that Sertera uh, dropped all their prices on their lotions, oral sprays, and their oral solutions. 50%. A full 50% Fantastic. interesting. So that's the big thing. There's going to be 18 dispensing organizations perhaps a year from now, if not more. That's going to be best for everybody's patient access. So a really exciting time to be a patient. Yes, uh, it is. So yes, it is. Products coming out. So. Flowers coming out now from the, from right. the dispensaries. I mean, it's, Competitive it's a huge pricing. time. Right. But still a lot of work to do. I mean, you know, before we wrap it up, hey, patient protections. Um, you know, other issues, solving the Canadian foreign national problem. We need to make sure we get rid of the only two routes of administration. Believe me, all the positivity of the show today is valid, but there's still a lot of work to do. So I'm glad that we have a lot of our um, well-known advocates that have followed today. Um, I think we need to be very politically involved as this year goes by. And, and Nasser, anytime that I have an opportunity to come back to be um, with you guys again, I'm thrilled to do so. And I know Patty will be right here with me. And Cheryl, thank you so much for saying what you said about patty i'm so proud of her and, and the things that she's oh, done um as well I meant every word i meant every word you guys are a power couple and, and and when i say power it's not power for self exaltation it's power for moving this legalization forward and making sure that patients don't have to suffer anymore. having a partner that walks that walks with you step by step by step is, is a blessing indeed and uh and, and everybody knows that thank you both absolutely thank you i yeah i appreciate you guys being on and we we will have you back on to share more keep us posted on the changes keep us posted on on new products as they launch as well we it's you know it's it's very important for us to get the, the physician perspective yeah by the um, way since it's a national show by the way we're venice florida everybody not venice california uh, and i do want to correct one thing i saw on the feed listen i'm not advocating for 200 milligrams per dose everybody because i know what i talked about how we put the orders into the registry we put in 200 milligrams a day for cbd and thc in oral and vape but then the patient gets to select his various products from that range 
of dosing so that they can go to the different dispensaries and try different products. So I was just kind of quickly going through it when somebody said, boy, that seems like a pretty big dose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. And, and indeed it is. is. What I love with, that you said about dosing is like, you know, again, the Vietnam vet who, you know, uses every day and been using for, for decades isn't going to have the same need as um, the the grandma who is a, a, a doobie one who's just getting started. So it's so important that you consult with physicians um, as far as what you need to, to have. Um, you, you know, you go getting and sourcing your marijuana, medical marijuana, ganja, um, whatever you want to call it, medicinal cannabis um, from legal source um, is it, critical because you're not going to get that education anyway. Uh, when we do come back, I'd like to talk some dates. We are approaching 420. Um, you know, that's the cannabis holiday. Yes, 420. we are. Yes, oh, we I are. closed my office for three days. So <laughs> pa- Patty's going to Vegas to the Snoop Dogg. No, Patty's going to Vegas to the Snoop Dogg party. Yeah. And I'll be up at the endo sesh. Um, okay. Just to give them a quick heads up. Guys, when, when we come back from commercial break, Cheryl's going to give a breakdown of the upcoming events. We're giving away $500 worth of CBD to two giveaway winners. And if you have questions for Dr. Gordon or Patty Gordon, we're answering them right after this commercial break. Stay tuned. Medina, me better teflon, man, give me 
of the uh, Compassionate Cannabis Clinic along with Dr. Barry Gordon, who's been giving us, if you've missed our episode, have no fear. We're going to be posting it on Facebook. We're going to be posting it on YouTube. So check out our channels this week. And Dr. Barry Gordon has given us just an outline of exactly how patients that want to get involved in, in cannabis, want to have an understanding, think they may be a patient. Dr. Barry went into really good depth about all these different items. And so uh, there, so see that in our episodes. We'll be airing them again on Facebook and on YouTube. And right now what we want to do is we want to answer some of the questions that have been asked from this episode. And then we want to give away some, uh, some CBD and then also close it with some uh, upcoming events that Cheryl Murray Powell and Arby Barroso, our co-hosts, will be going to. Dr. Barry Gordon, uh, one of our one of our viewers have asked. I need to be able I, I need to be able to afford the card. It was more expensive to get a medical marijuana card than I thought. Any other options? How much is the medical marijuana card to get? Well, the card itself is only seventy five dollars, but you know, of course, the you know there is a doctor visit involved, um, and that varies around the state. Um, we charge two hundred fifty dollars for our initial visit. Okay, you know? but the point is that insurance doesn't cover it. Right. Yeah. So that does make it, you know, not financially yet. difficult for patients. Right. Not yet. You know, but uh, but I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I got you, Nasser. <laughs> but, you know, when insurance companies get involved, then we got to start doing things at their dictum, too. So I tell my patients that, you know, the fact that insurance does not cover what I do is one thing that I don't like in some ways. But in other ways, I do like it because, quite frankly, I work for the patient, not for the insurance company. Yep. So, you know, $250, you know, is surely um, a lot of money and surely preclusive to a lot of people. But we try to give value in the education and, and what we do for the patients. So there is some cost associated. Maybe going, going to see your doctor may have a cost. Getting the actual medical marijuana card, no $75. Maybe right. even, obviously, the products. You know, Patty mentioned that even this product alone. How much was this? These this is $35 for three pods, three and a half grams of cannabis. Okay. And that's, so, you know, pretty close, at least from what they tell to, me, pretty close to street price. That, that, that's pretty close to the black market. I mean, I wouldn't know personally, but I'm pretty sure that that may be close. I'll have to ask some associates here in, in, our, in our production <laughs> studio here. Now, we were pretty impressed by the whole, you know, thing that came down. You know, we, we know that the pricing that the, um, you know, the MMTCs are, 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 you know, going through their issues of figuring out the right prices. Yeah. As you saw, yeah. Sertera just half their price. But listen, what we want really around the state, if we can, is to get some organizations that will start to set up some, you know, means for people that have some less relief. Finan- some, some, some relief. Some, that's right. Some relief. Some and, relief you know, for the relief. Exactly. Okay. So we, we do. We need organizations focusing on it from all financial sides. How often do patients need to get their car re- card renewed was one another question. The card renewal is once a year for $75 per the state. Okay. And we recommend starting that process 45 days before the renewal process is up. It does not go with the doctor certification time. It, it's their own state's um, date. What would you say to a patient that is scared to vape their CBD because they're an ex-smoker of 31 years? Sure. Well, you know, hey, I always tell patients that, you know, smoking is undoubtedly the worst thing to do. Vaping is probably better than that. And doing nothing is undoubtedly the best. 
But the amount of vape that most people need to achieve relief is surely a heck hole of a lot less than any type of cigarette smoking experience. But you surely don't need to vape, right? The sublingual products were great. The oral edible products in Florida also were excellent. And once again, there's new patch forms. That's one of the great things about cannabis is that it can be used in you know various routes, um, the vaping not being the only means. But once again, probably the most effective and surely the fastest of the means. Gotcha. Another question, uh, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm my sincerest apologies for this one. Uh, you know, this this person just lost a family member to HIV and was wondering, will they be using IV bags for sick people to administer CBD for pain treatments? Uh, together with traditional pain medications for end-of-life therapy. You know, or what's inter- your recommendation on that? Well, you know, it's interesting because the big thing that changed between the opiates and the cannabinoids are the fact that the opiates are water-based and actually can be used in water-based through-the-needle um, infusions. So like an IV bag, for Whereas example. Whereas cannabis, on the other hand, is an oil-based product. So believe it or not, back in 1902, that's where the big separation occurred because the opiates, the poppy plant, could be put through the needle. Thus, money could be made. The cannabinoids could not be put through the needle. So Mm. money could not be made. The opiates were being grown overseas, right, because they really couldn't be grown in the environment here in the States. Meanwhile, weed is weed and was growing everywhere, backyards, roadsides. Every farm had cannabis. So it was always an economic decision. So I don't think literally that we can do a lot of cannabinoid therapy intravenously or intramuscularly. It's not one of the main routes of administration. So I think in general, CBDs and THC will be administered in different ways, probably not IV. Okay. And I guess the last question from one of our audience members was, in the beginning of the episode, you had made reference to the types of patients that are coming to see Dr. Gordon. Doobie 1, never heard of cannabis, never smoked it. Doobie 2, has smoked it before, not using it regularly anymore. Doobie 3, using it regularly. And then Doobie 4, it's their lifestyle. Somebody wants to know, which Doobie is Dr. Gordon? Which Doobie is Dr. Gordon? Well, you know, my patients ask me this question all the time, and I tell them sincerely this. I had drug testing in my contract every day of the 32 years that I did emergency medicine, and I signed it gladly because my philosophy was if I ever showed up to work on any given day as an emergency room physician not ready to do my job, they better pull my ass off the floor, and I mean that sincerely. I had people's lives in my hands. I had IVs to start, needles to put in the right place, and tubes to put down people's throats when they couldn't breathe. I was never tested in 32 years, and I'm proud of that. To say that I never used cannabis in those 32 years of emergency medicine would be a lie, and I'm not the type of person that lies. But to say that I was ever affected by medical can- by cannabis in my medical career absolutely never happened. So I would say that I would be somewhat of a doobie too, somebody who has had probably more experience in the past than I do today. I think as we all get older, we look at like life a little bit differently. But I know that people can be out using cannabis every day and be very successful people. Most of the um, employees in my office do have their cards. My wife, of course, has her card. Right? Yeah. And um, we love the dispensaries that hire patients that have their medical cannabis cards. We think that points out what we know, that people can use cannabis on an everyday basis and not only succeed in life, but quite frankly, better their life. Yeah. So I hope that answers the questions. Uh, it does. It does. It, it really does. And, and one more real time question in uh, in Colorado. Many of the stores will pay for the doctor's appointment if they can be your caregiver. Do you have caregivers in Florida? Well, the caregiver 
receiver situation in Florida is a mess. Um, you're actually only allowed, right, hun? One, one, one person. person. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't be a caregiver for more than one person. So, in other words, other states, caregivers actually grow cannabis for a party of patients and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. None of that goes on in Florida at all. You also had to be a close family member. Right. Hun? And you have to do a level two background check. Background and, check. So and once a year. And they really don't sort. even have the process put together yet for the caregivers. So it, it's one of those interesting Office of Medical Marijuana Use circumstances where there are caregivers. Nobody really knows how to do it. But but there is a process in place to do that. But only one. Only one patient. Gotcha. Doctor, thank you so much for joining our show and giving us all of this insight. Again, we truly appreciate your time, your expertise, and all the patients that you've helped thus far. And just you know, keep pushing forward. And Cannabis Life Radio supports you and the Compassionate Cannabis Clinic and Patty, of course, and all of the affiliates. And we look forward to having you on the show here sometime again soon, I hope. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Can't wait to come back. Of course. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Cheryl, Cheryl, before we tune out, what are some events that are happening for you that we've yeah. got coming up that our audience can look forward to? Thank you, Nessar. Um, first, I want to, um, on behalf of Cannabis Life Radio, on behalf of Green Rose um, of Florida, we, we have lost a, a Canna Warrior recently. Um, Robert Platzhorn, um, uh, you know him with the Silver Tours. Um, you know him as Bobby Tuna. Uh, yeah, uh, he wife. lost his wife. Yeah. And so his, his wife has passed away. Lynn Platzhorn, um, she was right there in the fight with him. He was incarcerated for 30 years, and she stood by his side. Um, she's uh, always there working with Regulate Florida, working with um, Normal, and has been an advocate alongside her husband um, for many years. They met in high school and throughout college, and, and all these years they've been together. Uh, so we want to celebrate her life. We want to celebrate their love, and um, we, we give our sincerest condolences. Um, to Robert Platform and, and the Platform family. Um, and there is a GoFundMe. Uh, there is a GoFundMe for, and, for Robert as well, um, and Cheryl. That's exactly, that was the next point is there is a GoFundMe. I'll have the Cannabis Life crew um, put that on our, our page. Uh, please support um, and, and make your contribution uh, to support their arrangements and support the families during this very difficult time. Um, moving on to 420, uh, there's going to be activities all over the country. So if you haven't been to a cannabis event, look in and search for 420, April 20th, um, events in your area. Um, I know in Florida, the major one happening is taking place in Gainesville and it is Endo Sesh. Endo Sesh is, is going to be great educational, um, music, um, you know, a vending opportunity. Yep. Um, I will. I will be there. I am planning on being there. Patty's going to be in Vegas, and I got nothing to do. So I, I called Jose Rosado, and I said, you know, you know, Cheryl, how I feel about that. If you're going to take the time and the effort and put out your money and 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 your efforts, I'm going to try to get there if I can. You know, and and I respect okay. and I respect the people around the state that do that. You know, the Pete's, you know, the Pete Sesses of the, of, of of the zone, and now Jose Rosado's putting his you know his event on up there. So. Believe me when I tell you, when, when I saw that my weekend was free, and hey, who doesn't want to be somewhere on 420, that's for sure. It looks to be a great event. Don't forget yeah, about It's going to be fantastic. I'll be there right along with you, Dr. Barry. Um, and uh, it's the first one, and um, you know, there's always already been inquiries about doing endo sessions in other cities, including in Jamaica endo sessions. So uh, those are ongoing uh, discussions. Um, for uh, 428 um, in California, the Kaya Fest, it was uh, like 421 last year here in Miami. They moved to California. So if anyone can get out there, 
Uh, please take part in that. Um, Mission Zero is having a post-traumatic stress disorder event on the 24th of this month. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, that Cannabis Life Radio has been selected to be the um, coverage partner for the Cannabis World uh, Congress event in New York, May 31st to June 2nd. So it, that is like one of the largest at the Jacob Javits Center. It's massive and huge, and we'll be covering. So if you can't get there in person, we, we want to make sure you feel as if you're there. Um, but we would love to see you in person. And if you'd like to meet us and uh, meet our team and, and be captured on Cannabis Life or you'll be a part of history forever, please join us by registering uh, with Cannabis World Congress. Keep an eye out on our page. We have a promo code where you can get 20% off your registration for, for that event. And then coming up in uh, Jamaica, a huge event I'd like to take our whole Florida um, advocacy community to the third annual um, University of Technology Jamaica. Um, they have a medical cannabis uh, integrate, integration symposium um, held at UTech. They're expecting about 200 to 300 participants. I've seen the, I got a sneak peek from Dr. Ellen Grizzle um, from UTech, their agenda. Uh, and I am super excited about the, the focus of the people speaking. Uh, the, there's going to be diplomats speaking, the Minister of Health, Minister of Industry, um, uh, Cultivation, and I mean, like uh, Agricultural and Fisheries. Pardon me for getting that wrong. Um, so a lot of ministers will be speaking, former Minister of Justice. Um, so you definitely want, if you're going to go to Jamaica this year, go for that event. Uh, that's July 5th and 6th. I'm speaking, Arby speaking, Trey speaking, uh, along with these ministers. Um, so there's there's a number of, um, we're, we're getting, the testing labs are going to be present. So this is an event you don't want to miss. If you're going to go to Jamaica, go 4th of July weekend for this conference. So those are the key things um, happening in our area. Please send us events that you'd like for us to share. Um, I, we haven't done a can of Headhunters um Top hot job recently, but one I came across in my reading is a, a chief experience officer, and I just love that concept of cannabis organizations, which are, you know, again, it's an industry in our infancy having in place a, a chief experience officer, and that's the person who's going to own not only the customer experience, but the employee experience as a, you know, what started up as a mom and pop startup grows into glo a global organization. So, uh, that's something to consider. Uh, Canada Headhunters will partner with you as far as developing that role and, and, and finding the right talent for it. So I uh, want to bring back our Canada Headhunters hot job for a moment. Thank you for those updates, Cheryl. We really appreciate that. And actually, Patty, while you were while you were uh, mentioning those those updates, she also got an update. It was literally in live time about it. Just event. came on my phone. Yep. yep. Okay, so Sertera is now launching their first product through their uh, Florida's finest um, line line of, of products. It's going to be Mayaka Gold. That's going to be available in 400 milligram cartridges for $60. And they also have a compatible pen that's going to be available for that at $25. Those will be 
available right now for pre-order. Delivery date will be on 420. You can have it delivered or 420 for Mayaka Gold here in Florida. Yes. Now, isn't that a great way to end That's up the not show? Bad. That's uh, not bad. Yeah, sir, but you see, it came, I mean, literally in right real, as you were talking. Time. There's in so real time. Ma- there's so many events. There's Crazy. so much information. There's so many people that are getting involved in cannabis and getting more educated. And so, again, thank you guys so much for providing your education and your experiences about cannabis. And before we let you guys go, uh, our Cannabis Life viewers, our Cannabis Life viewers, nice. Our Cannabis Life viewers, we have a $500. CBD giveaway winner. We do it at every single show, and we're actually going to be announcing two winners today, two winners for our giveaway, and our two winners are, have we picked our two winners? Yes, we have. They're right here in front of me. I got two winners. One of our winner is, Patty, if you want to name them off here, do you see the winner here? Diana Burroughs from New Mexico. Diana, you won $250 worth of CBD. Please DM us. We will get you a code to get $250 worth of CBD products from Green Roads World. And our second winner is... Felicia Miller of Illinois. Felicia. Felicia is a regular viewer of our show. Felicia, thank you so much for tuning in. And to all of our Cannabis Life viewers, Felicia, Desiree, Teresa, Ronald, uh, uh, Marion, uh, Desiree, Jennifer, all you guys, you know, th- we really appreciate your support. We really appreciate you guys tuning into our show, interacting with our viewers. Uh, we're very appreciative of everyone. And please start putting in your questions, your comments, things that you want to hear on our show, topics that you don't understand, because we'd like to provide them for you here at Cannabis Life Radio. On behalf of our team, thank you so much again, Dr. Barry Gordon, Patty Gordon, for joining us and educating us about cannabis in Florida. Uh, Cheryl Murray Powell, thank you so much for calling in, even while you're on, even while you're on the road, girl. You're always, you're always in, and we really appreciate that. And to our viewers, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. We will see you here again next week on Cannabis Life Radio, brought to you by Green Roads World. Till then, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.